All right. So before the internet decided to, you know, try to sabotage our greatness here, you mentioned Obviously. some guy, he asked you a very direct question about Afghanistan and you were. Right. Yeah. A, a three-star general and, and, yeah. uh, Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that, that the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the DOD civilian. And I gave him a very direct answer. And I pointed, I pointed in the direction of Pakistan. I said, the enemy's over there. Cause, uh, yeah, this was after, after, uh, Anaconda. Cause a lot of the, uh, Al Qaeda Taliban assorted bad guys had all made their way via the rat lines and, and the, uh, smuggling routes into Pakistan where they were given, pretty much carte blanche shelter and protection and still, still to this day, <coughs> uh, you know, the Pakistanis love to deny that and, the, you know, everything like that. But I always compare Pakistan to a, uh, a, a very drunk man, you know, teetering on the edge of a cliff and, uh, you know, he's, he's weeble wobbling, you know, always towards the edge. And just before he's about to take that last final step and plunge off the, the cliff into the abyss, he, he manages to weeble wobble his way back. And, and then, you know, it's a continuing thing. I mean, you know, my, my one tour in Pakistan was a very short tour, but it was, uh, I didn't need to be there long to, uh, <clears throat> it's a country that doesn't need to exist. I mean, it's well, sorry. That's, and I don't mean that in a violent way. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a country that's very um, uh, unsure of who they are as a country. Right. They're always comparing themselves to India, and everything is always through the India lens instead of just being proud to be Pakistan. Right. It's also a very one percent country where the one percent rules the other ninety nine percent, and. Uh, very, very tragic yeah. and, and not, not good for the overall stability. And instead of spending it on infrastructure and education, instead of madrasas and stuff, um, they spend it on, let's, let's produce a couple of nuclear weapons every month. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's um, not a good, it's a recipe for ultimate disaster. Which brings me to my last final point I wanted to get into because honestly, Ron and our you know, if, if you got nothing else going on, we can do this probably every two weeks. Cause I kind of, I don't want to just go over everything that you have done. I think you have a lot of valuable insight on everything that's going on. And we didn't get, we didn't, we didn't even get into any of that tonight. So I would love to have you back and, and, and kind of pick your brain on, you know, real world things. And there's a, there's a lot of other stuff I want to ask you based on what's going on right sure. now. But the last thing I would love to ask you based on what you just said and also kind of knowing what your timeline was when you retired, what or how much involvement did you have in the, the, the final, I guess, I guess, well, the, the mission to go get Bin Laden? How was that? Oh, I, I had nothing to do with that at all. Okay. I was, at that time, I was, I was the, uh, I was the agent, I was the director's rep representative to, uh, the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff's Pakistan-Afghanistan Coordination Cell, which yeah. uh, it's a mouthful, typical, typical yeah. DOD. <laughs> and it was actually a creation by Stan McChrystal when he was director of the Joint Staff. Okay. But it's, it's a very flat organization headed by a two-star general, Army, uh, with Afghan experience. Um, not, as a, not necessarily as a general, but nevertheless. Um, yeah. Um, 
a, a deputy is a, is a Navy 06, uh, a Navy SEAL, um, also combat experience. Chief of Staff is an Air Force 06. And then uh, it's split about the other uh, 45 or so other people are uh, um, senior uh, lieutenant colonels and senior majors uh, from all the services, some other senior colonels um, that are now general officers. Randy George, who's, uh, what is the I Corps or something like that now? Mm-hmm. One Corps, whatever it is. One, uh, yeah, One Corps. Yeah, I, I Corps. Sorry, I'm traditionalist. I Corps. You know, he was there as a, as a, as a he'd come from his, uh, his, his, uh, his brigade combat team command tour in, in Afghanistan came there and, you know, we worked together, but yeah, so the bin Laden raid happened and, and, uh, you know, we were all, I mean, the chairman was the only guy that really knew. I mean, so, you know, the next morning I, I came in early and, and, uh, the senior rep to the, uh, to the Pentagon, to, to DOD, you know, he's a senior executive service, senior intelligence service, uh, officer. He, gave me the the whole 411 the whole data dump as much as we had at the time and <clears throat> so I had it obviously I didn't need to go brief the chairman on cuz he'd been standing in the room and <laughs> uh, yeah so no big deal um but everybody else needed to know and uh so I I I gave everybody and that was an easy brief to give you know as opposed to one of the hard briefs I had to give um yeah so it was uh, it was a lot of fun I uh, you know as a that was a great experience um, working at that level with the uh, the military uh, the joints the joint chiefs of staff uh, the joint staff itself the uh, and OSD the office of secretary of defense the you know all the civilians that so um, because I, I mentioned this before like I said with with Saddam and I was like all right let's go we're all going home and now here we go <laughs> we fast forward to 2011 and they, they get bin Laden did you, what was your reaction when they, when they, when you found out, did you think, all right, we're wrapping this up or did you think, eh, well, no, not at all. I mean, by the, by this time, you know, the, uh, the fight was always a multi-tiered fight with, with Afghanistan. I mean, originally it was, you know, going to get Al Qaeda, yep. uh, but the Taliban are in the way. And, um, you know, the, um, so we, um, to get to Al Qaeda, we had to go through the Taliban. And um, while the Taliban were never the agency's primary mission in Afghanistan, obviously we had to support the military's efforts to uh, eradicate them or to take them out in order to get to Al Qaeda. You know, unfortunately most of the Al Qaeda guys, except for the few ones that are stuck in Nuristan because they're afraid to cross the river into Pakistan. I'm joking. I don't I don't know what but <laughs> but most of them are they're not in Afghanistan anymore. They're in Pakistan or in Yemen or Niger or, you know, Hamburg. I don't know. I mean, hell, they're they're all over. So it's um you know, it's, it's a, it was a difficult target, but what I think the thing is, is, you know, those early days after Anaconda is uh, the, uh, you know, it sort of reminds me of the old thing where, um, you know, the dog chases the bus and then catches, you know, latches onto the bumper of the bus as the bus is speeding down the highway. Yeah. And the dog says, well, I caught it. Now what do I do with it? So, you know, okay. So we, you know, we, uh, we sent guys in, you know, the whole, you know, SF guys on horseback, blah, 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 J dams and, 
you know, and, and, you know, from October to, you know, mid-December, bam, all of a sudden we're in Kabul. And great, we won the war. Okay, yeah. well, all right, we got to go, okay, March, Anaconda, okay, now, we, now we've really won the war. Well, no, nobody quite knew, you know, like, can we disengage? And that, you know, we really missed an, an opportunity there to, <coughs> excuse me, to uh, <clears throat> not disengage, but to engage at a different um from a different aperture, from a different aspect, instead of, you know, doing the full on, you know, things like that, do uh, the counter-terrorist thing like they're proposing these days and the training mission. And the training mission, oh, by the way, was probably the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my, in my life. We, uh, we sent national guard guys in and I, I love the national guard. Don't get me wrong, but you know, they, uh, they were doing, they were, you know, okay. So this year it's the, you know, whatever the brigade is from the state of Oregon. Yeah. And, you know, they had the, the sun, the sunrise patch and uh, they're training and they have this training philosophy. And so the Afghans are like, okay, great, great, great. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm learning guys. Those guys rotate out. The next dudes come in from, I don't know, pick another state yeah. and oh, everything you learned was wrong. We're going to do this. <laughs> And it goes on like that every time instead of... That was the same issue in Iraq from OIF1 <coughs> to OIF2. When we oh, yeah. From 3rd ID to 1st AD to 101st. Like, the 101st commander came in and was like, I don't give a fuck what you guys did before. Here's what we're going to do now. And then you oh, yeah. every bridge with every relationship we built for the last year and a half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's same... You know, the agency guys, I mean, so I'd go... So we, um, when I was there for my three tours, I, I uh, had a certain uh, capability that I brought to the fight with yeah. my team. And anyway, so we, uh, so we would go, and I remember flying up to, to Crit, where 4th ID was, and it was Major General Odenero. And they just made the beautiful uh, HLZ landing, uh, landing zone by the, by the division headquarters in the shape of the uh, – you know, the, what the, 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 the four leaf clover diamond, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Very and, Iraq and third eye or very Kuwait and third eye. Or, yeah. Very, very garrison, very Fort Carson garrison ish. And uh, I still remember we landed in, in our, in our special helicopter and we were getting out. I was going, we were, I was going to a meeting and uh, this, this very overweight self-important major comes <laughs> out, and uh, he comes, he starts, you can't land here. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I go, well, there's no other place to land around here. And, and I got the clearances and, you know, I, yeah. and he says, this was the general's personal HLZ. I go, well, you know, I guess here, you go and tell the general that I won't be attending his meeting because you won't let me land here. And we'll take <laughs> off now. And he goes, what? And by this time, General Odenero's uh, executive and aide come out there and they go, oh, great, you guys are here. Hey, you know, OGA dude, go, da, da, da. And, uh, yeah. But the thing that amazed me was, so Odenero had one philosophy for his battle space there in Iraq. So then I would go over to the 82nd Airborne, and I can't remember the general's name right now because I also worked with him in, in Bosnia. Um, totally different philosophy on how to attack the thing. And then I would get back to, and the, and the chief of station would ask me and say, Hey, so, you know, I says, Oh my God, you know, there's no comprehensive overarching strategy on how to attack the, the nascent insurgency. And I mean, 
you know, even Ray Charles can see the seams between these different, you know, brigade combat teams. I mean, oh my God. I mean, it was, it was, yeah. You know, I mean, but that's what yeah. I come back to. I said this to you. It's like, we've been in Afghanistan for the amount of time that we could have fought World War II basically five times. But we didn't need, we haven't needed to be in Afghanistan for, we, we should have left after maybe a couple of years, except for a, a training mission and a counterterrorism presence, a, a robust training counterterrorism. Give or take, because that's what no, I, I, I think. I think we should we should have left um, end of two thousand five. Why? But like, and I'm not because I'm not trying to get policy. <laughs> I'm just trying to like, because I was never I I never I didn't I don't have access to the stuff that you know you did, and I'm not asking you to say things that you can't, but. Why do you think this has gone on this long? Uh, I know my belief, but I'd rather have someone who probably has a little more, you know. Back well, if if you're looking for some for some deep, you know, reasoning and things like that, it's I I can't give you that. I I just think, you know, literally, I, I go back to my dog and the bus thing. We just don't know how to say no. And, yeah. and now it becomes a matter of pride. You know, like, you know, people are, are uh, I love the way the media says, well, we have this peace agreement with the Taliban. Yeah. Well, it's not a peace agreement. It's basically, you know, allows us to withdraw and, you know, but keep supporting the, the, uh, the, the current government in Kabul. Right. I mean, again, I go back to that, my statement about history, you know, when the, when the Russians, when the Soviets, you know, you know, pulled out and they crossed the, the bridge there into what is now Uzbekistan from Afghanistan and the end of the Soviet invasion, occupation, incursion into Afghanistan back in, what is it, you know, uh, 89 or yeah, 88, something, 88, whatever, something like that. But, you know, the communist government in Kabul at the time stayed in power until the fall of the Soviet Union okay. because the Soviet Union kept sending them money. So oh, my content, my contention has always been that, you know, we, we've, we keep a training mission there. We keep the CT presence there. We keep the, uh, some level of funding, not the exorbitant amount that, you know, they've come to expect and that we seem to like give without even so much as a, yeah. a wink and a nod that we, uh, we do that. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's been great, but the other, you know, and, but, Oh, gosh, I mean, we we could go on and on and on. I mean, there's oh, we could, um, but I mean, that, and this goes back to my time because we overlapped. I've said this before. You you, I think you left Kabul in 2013. I, I did. That was my uh, that was I was actually out of the agency in, in and I left. I retired out of the agency in in uh, April of 2012, and out of out of federal service, and um, uh, within a couple of months. Uh, a uh, lieutenant general, a friend of mine, called me up, told me I needed to be on his staff <laughs> at uh, at the ISAF Joint Command, which was the operational command for ISAF there. And uh, so I got out there in August, and I stayed to the end of his tour in uh, April, so April, of, of 2013, 2013, April 2013. Okay, because I got there in oh, – man, maybe we did miss it because I got there in August of 2013, and I, I – yeah, told- I- before we did all the IJC briefs with, with General Milley and um, right. yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. But if I had to yeah. stay, Millie wanted me to stay, but I, uh, yeah, I had to go ready. home. I'm 38 years, man. At the time comes, you gotta fucking, you gotta go do something else. You gotta. Yeah, Millie, Millie, Millie still hasn't forgiven me and still won't talk to me. It'll buck out, Ron. I mean, I mean, <laughs> he'll at some point and realize that you know you're all he's got. You know what I mean? So, I doubt it. No, but I do. Re- I I do remember. The, and here's my issue, and I I've gone on this before with my old account on Twitter when I've had like you know three thousand followers before I got rid of it. And when I when we went in 2013, it was operate. We transitioned into Operation Drumbeat. And Operation Drumbeat was like, let's get all the rolling stock. And for those right. who don't know what rolling stock is, it's anything with a fucking wheel on it. And I've, let's get it out of the country because we're coming home. Very expensive proposition, too. That was, and, and, and you know what blows my mind to this day is uh, we actually had the contract with the Russians for their transport. Yep, to get it up, to yeah. send it up to the Black Sea. Because our, our biggest transport plane at the time was a C-5, still is. And, yep. and from what was explained to me is we could put eight MRAPs on a C5, right? And those are right. all the things we're getting out. But the, the, the plane that we would contract from the Russians could hold the, 20 MRAPs. Yeah, the AN-124 Condor. Yes. And the yes. best part about this is we could not have any American presence on that flight. You're damn oh, right. Those are the most theory. unsafe airplanes ever. Yeah. Oh, oh, my dude. God. In theory, if they wanted to fly back to fucking Moscow, they could. And we couldn't do anything about it. And I just remember this is 2013, 2014. And so drumbeat came to an end. We left, transitioned, did our left seat, right seat, battle handoff. And I'm just like, all right, well, that was six years ago. What are we doing now? You know what I mean? And Still hanging out. Yeah, I, 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 I got I don't. I don't know, Ron. I really don't. Well, the other thing is, is I've I've seen um, a lot of uh, officers and c- civilians that the good the good idea fairy lives in them, and um, he's very prevalent. <laughs> yeah, and and everybody has a a better idea how to win the war. There's no there's no overarching direction anywhere. I mean, when the administration changed from from Bush to uh, Obama. It was, I mean, suddenly the, the whole, the way we were fighting the war and the, and the guidance on, you know, how to end the, not end the war, but how to, I'm not even sure we were looking at ending the war or anything. It was, yeah. it changed considerably. And it, so there was, there was no, I, I mean, the whole thing was just fraught with silliness and, and ignorance. I mean, it, it go, God, I, again, I, you know, I'm a history guy. So I go back to the whole thing when, the bond agreement back in, in 2001, early 2002, that installed Karzai as the president of Afghanistan. Oh my God. And, that's a whole other rant for another day. It, it, yeah. But I mean, again, here it is the Western, Western powers impose a Western solution without any rhyme or reason or understanding of, of Afghan culture or, or in internal tribal politics. And like I said, I've been following it since the, the Russian invasion and even before that. So, you know, we're all going like, I got it. Karzai, you know, he's a, he's a push to him, but you know, that's, that's like saying. Turned his back on us when he got into power. Well, yeah, he, 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 he was not the strong leader that everybody thought he was. And I mean, there actually was, he did try to do one thing. He, uh, he enticed the uh, the former king of Afghanistan to return to Kabul from his exile, very comfortable exile in Rome. Um, oh, that's to, 
Well, that was when Afghanistan had its most peaceful and prog- you know, progressive in, in, the, in the right way, of, of the, pr- the proper positive way of that term, yeah. progressive, yeah. Um, in the 60s and the uh, early 70s, was when you know, it, was, you know, it was a constitutional monarchy. And, uh, but the king um, very smartly declined to return to Afghanistan. Hey, thanks for the visit, Karzai. Going back to Rome, and he, he passed a few years later. But um, it was the only thing that kind of united all the disparate tribes and, and ethnic groups and, and, and power brokers and things like that, which is why you're always seeing every time the Afghans form a new government, this, this balancing act between Abdullah Abdullah and, and Dostam and, and the guy from Herat and the guys from Kandahar. And I mean, it's, it, it makes, my head, Ron. it does mine too. Yeah. Makes me want to drink a whole bottle straight. I, no, I know you put it away. <laughs> so, um, cause I don't want to ask you about this in the future. Cause like I said, I, I do want to, if, if you're up for it, I'd love to have you back on to just talk normal and not, hey, anytime brother, anytime, yeah, not, not go through everything. Cause like I said, you have an entire book that you need to write and if you're not going to write it. I'll help you write it. But, I'll write it. I'll write it. You, you okay. and my wife, knock it off. Yeah. Yeah. Your wife's very, she sounds like a smart woman, <laughs> but my, my last thing is to this and it, it, it could be anecdotal or it could be substantial, substantial, but I also get that a lot of people in your position, they don't want to go through it. They don't want to deal with it. But have you ever thought of running for office at all? <laughs> actually, I, 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 I have thought of it and I actually did. Um, oh, you did? All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Damn you. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, you sure you're not, an in- <laughs> you're not an interrogator? No. So, um, <laughs> after... after uh, um, I retired in uh, April of, of 2012, or was it March? Anyways, not important. We uh, we had bought a place earlier, uh, a year or so before, in Teton Valley, Idaho, which is the, the Idaho side of Jackson Hole. Okay. Very beautiful. The Tetons are right there. The house, the, the, the living room window was right there, the Tetons. I mean, it was, yeah. it was, it, it was a gorgeous one-story house and, and uh, just, you know, just big enough and everything like that. And um, Idaho, everybody likes to, you know, the the the, uh, the group think is that it's a very conservative Republican place. Yeah, kind of, sort of, but it's it's not. Um, right. But anyway, so uh, a bunch of the people in the local Republican Party there said, "Hey, Ron, you know, we we need you to uh, run for county commissioner because the um, the Democrats were pretty powerful in that." in that county because um, a lot of people from California had moved up there and brought all their prejudice. They brought all their money and all their prejudices and all their. It's weird. They vote the same thing. It doesn't matter. I don't get it. Okay. Oh yeah. And uh, so they wanted me to run the, uh, the un- unfortunately the, I was the, uh, I was running for a seat. The incumbent was a Republican and he was a local boy and he was like a fifth generation local family boy with lots of, I mean, a lot of history. It was like, it was like Friday night lights and, and, you know, times 10 type of stuff. But, um, he, um, he declined to step aside, even though I pointed out to him and to all the, you know, Republican intelligentsia in the County, which (laughs) 
maybe not so maybe not so much i said the issue isn't going to be roads the issue isn't going to be the landfill or the new law enforcement building the sheriff's office the issue is going to be sid because sid's sid can't sid can't form a cognitive sentence you know type i mean sid's the issue if we eliminate sid we eliminate all the issues and then we can you know, i'm sorry Tell us what Sid is for those who don't know. Sid's the guy's name. That's his first name. Oh, oh okay, okay. Sorry, not, we're going it is, it is not right. an acronym. It is not an acronym. <laughs> yes, okay, senior intelli intelligent dunce. Yeah, no, I mean, it's um, no, and because the uh, the 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 Democrats had nominated a lady who her and her husband had had defrauded uh, the federal government on, on employee income tax, you know, withholdings. And I mean, she blamed her husband. So, you know, but she wasn't that bright. And I think if we'd talked only on the issues, you know, I, I could have, anyways, needless to say, um, I had to compete against Sid in the primary and I, I lost terribly. And, um, and then to the general election, um, <clears throat> Sydney got, terribly he, he i mean they wiped the floor yeah, the, that's what we yeah and 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 that democrat has been reelected again even though her personal financial troubles and, and other shenanigans that was are, in idaho oh, at the time idaho yeah teton and, valley and now idaho you're, okay, now you're in north dakota south dakota well no so i wasn't even asking you like on behalf of I, look, Ron, I'm telling you, man, with, with, with your experience and, and everything, and I get it, you got to be willing to, to go through the gamut and, and all this, the shit that comes with it. But local excellence is not your, it's not your place, man. We kind of well, need a, a, <clears throat> at a slightly higher office. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But, you know, even in South Dakota, the, uh, the issues aren't national stuff it's you know cattle futures and, and wheat and right which and is and why that. i feel like your experience lends itself to a slightly larger side picture Remember? well thank you picture yeah yeah i appreciate that I, yeah my front side post is is right there <laughs> but uh yeah it's um yeah it's you know i'm that's okay i uh i learned my lesson i uh between the primary and the general election in idaho i um my my uh, my truck got keyed um, I, I literally, I literally at a, 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 a high school. Your truck got. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. It was terrible. Um, I, uh, I got, I got basically, um, I don't know, um, you know, surrounded in in the in the in the in the supermarket, the grocery store uh, parking lot, by a bunch of people who wanted to, you know, tell me what a what a complete a hole I was. And, and you, you know, need, I'm like you need gold core is what you need. That's what you need. No, I just, I just, I just looked at them and just like, whatever. But, you know, and, and also at, at community functions, you know, Fourth uh, of July picnics and things yeah. like that, where, you know, you would be on the, in the, uh, in the, in the city park area. And I mean, people would literally come up to me and try to intimidate me. And, and, you know, it was, you know, it was, it was, like you say, it was childish, but it was, it yeah, it's, it's, it was, um Yeah. Is that is that so? Is so? How is the South Dakota political climate? Well, that's um, well. We're we're um, our our governor is the only one who didn't close the state. She left that up to the individual cities and counties. Um, so most closed for you know the the initial two week period, and then they go, okay, well we've. 
we flatten the curve and there's really not that much. I mean, South Dakota is, you know, not a very big population. And yeah. I mean, the biggest outbreak was way on the Eastern side of the state in Sioux Falls at the, uh, at the pork plant. Um, right. where okay. the, you know, that makes sense. It, which, yeah, I mean, little, what people don't tell you is that uh, it's uh, most of the, the workers there are come from, I think they say they speak 80 different languages. So 80, um, 80. 80. Yeah. So I mean, that's what, that's what the, that's what they keep telling me. So I, I'm not going to go find out, but uh, it's um, name 80 languages. I stop at like 10. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's, you know, there, you know there's, there's all sorts that of, way. you know, every, everybody wants to bring over their favorite refugee group and things like that. But, yeah. you know, and they, they always congregate to the cities because that's where they, they can get all the, uh, where it's easiest. The, um, exactly. But where I live in, in the black Hills is uh, very, uh, independent, very, uh, you know, we're a little bit more, uh, self-sufficient. Yeah. And, uh, so, and everybody, you know, everybody looks out for one another and takes care of one another. And, and I mean, you know, I, I go to the local VFW and, uh, have a, have an occasional beer and you know, we're, it's, it's Deadwood, South Dakota. Okay. So there you go. So it, how, did, how did you end up, what made you end up there? Cause you're from, oh. from Oregon. So <laughs> yeah, well, I can't go back to Oregon. Jesus. I mean, yeah. you know, it doesn't make any, yeah, it doesn't make any difference. It's all, <laughs> it's all weird. Cause you know, okay. anyways, um, so well, after, after, after the whole, after the whole county commissioner race thing, we, uh, we, w we went full-time RVing for three years okay. and we, we bought a, an RV and we, we traveled the country yeah. and, uh, got, you know, saw all the places that, you know, the national geographic channel shows you, but right. I, <laughs> I wanted to see it real. We went up to Alaska, you know, did the Yukon, you know, went to the Arctic circle, the Arctic ocean, all that sort of stuff. So, excuse me. You know, total, total blast. I, I couldn't recommend it enough, really. And, and the uh, 2016 was interesting because we we're going around traveling and we're hearing the news about, you know, uh, Clinton was ahead by, you know, just a, a ginormous amount of points. And we're looking around going everywhere we, everywhere we travel, we see nothing but Trump signs and, exactly. and, and you know, and Hillary for prison signs yeah. and, and things like that. It was I, mean, I was the same way on the East Coast. Yeah, I was still in Florida at the time, and I was like, "Wait a minute, that's not true." Yeah, and I, I you know, and I tried to tell this to a few of my uh, compadres who are no longer my compadres in, that were living back in D.C., saying, "Hey, I'm just telling you anecdotally here that you know what I see is you know there's you know the, wherever the polls are coming from, they're not coming from you know yeah America <laughs> really you know city yeah exactly uh, and. Um, I mean, we only saw three pro Hillary signs in our entire, you know, travels during that election year. But uh, as we traveled around, we, you know, we're, you're always kind of looking, would this be a good place to settle? Yep. And, you know, we're, we're getting up there in years and uh, you know, so we wanted to make sure we had decent healthcare opportunities for healthcare. Uh, my wife and I can go to the VA. So um, just outside of Sturgis, there's a, a great little VA hospital that takes, is is very i mean it's right sized for the right amount of population and i yep. mean it has a large geographic area that it takes That's care of but it, it it takes good care um you know we're living on a fixed income pensions and um south dakota has no state income tax and the other taxes are very uh, reasonable mm -hmm. cost of living is very reasonable 
uh, the climate is four seasons, although winter seems to be the longest yeah, season. I don't, right? I, don't know, uh, I don't know about four seasons, but oh, stop. I'll, give, I'll give you there's a winter for sure. <laughs> there's a there's a winter and then there's the there's the there's the three week break. And <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no. And there's lots of outdoor recreation opportunities yeah, here. Uh, it so it, it's you know, and uh yeah, it's and the people are like I said, decent, good stock and it's uh I mean there's there's issues, there's problems. You know, we, yeah. So, you know, it's you know but it seems to be dealing with, you know, and the, and the governor during this whole pandemic panic, you know, really, really handled it well. And, uh, well, so I mean, we I, were, felt, I felt the same way about governor Newsom very early on. I felt he was doing a really good job <laughs> out in front. You know, he was very responsive and, and, uh, accessible early on. Now, I mean, you know, I don't, I, like, I don't pretend, I, I, I'm one of those people that, you know, I don't try to pretend that I know more than I know. So I'm not going to pretend I'm the governor and I have the access to his, but just based on what I see, I'm just like, you know, are we well, just, I, I, are I we see a lot of over precautionary, you know. Well, I, I, I see a lot of, you know, even, even the so-called experts don't, you know, are, are unwilling to admit they don't know. And so they err on the side of panic. Imagine, exactly, because imagine that. Like, imagine if you just said, "I don't know." No one wants to well, say that because we don't. We don't know. Well, right? it's going going to, going to the VFW here in, in Deadwood. Um, people are coming from all over the country because South Dakota's open. All the other states are still and yeah. you know, what whatever weird say. I, I mean, you and people are coming in there and they're you don't have to wear a mask here, not unless you want to, and uh, <laughs> and. Uh, they go, wow, you know, how do you, how do you guys deal with this? I go, I go, there's nothing to deal with. In, <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, yeah. you know I, I mean, well, what if you feel sick? Well, then I stay home. I don't go out. Imagine I that. mean, you know, it's just like, it's just like with like the flu, normal. the cold and flu yeah, season. It's just like normal. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you hang out at home until you feel better. Right. And you know, But, but this virus, I go, yeah, well, this is, you know, you know how many viruses are out there? I mean, <laughs> Good Lord, people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this this one, you and everybody says, yeah, but you have so many positive cases. I go, everybody says there's a positive case. Does that make it a fatal case? Is that terminal or is that just, woohoo? I'm very you surprised know? about the number of positive tests going up or test results going up when they're not acknowledging the fact that we're testing way more. So what right. is going to happen? Well, I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, but uh, you know, a friend of mine, in, he's uh, he's stuck in Hawaii. I know, a good place to be stuck because uh, yeah, I you know, read the, that. You know, always go night shift so you can maximize your beach time. Yeah. Exactly, because the D, the DODs, you know, stop loss movement order, whatever. <laughs> but he said he had to go to the Ala Moana Mall, which is the big mall there in Honolulu, okay. um, to uh, get something or other. And they were having the the people out there little you know, COVID-19 checkpoints before you go into the mall. And they had people there doing that little temperature gig yep. thing. And he said, I am writing, he, he put this on, um, he wrote this on a social media site. He says, I'm writing you this as a dead man because according to this COVID-19 checkpoint temperature sensor operator, my temperature is 91.6. Well, you know, and well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, 
yeah, no, it's it's night like ninety eight something or other, you know. Yeah. So he says, so he says, you know, I am a corpse, you know. So <laughs> these people, these these people have no training. What they don't have, yeah. I don't know if the the the, well, the, I mean, the thing is gal calibrated or what. My mom has said, my mom is a, she's a she's an RN. She still works as an RN, and uh, her and my dad, they both, they, I we would assume they, what's the word. They, they got the virus, I guess. I feel like got is not the right word. But they got it when they went on a trip to, to Arizona last month. And they came back. Um, and they're fine now. They got cleared. They did their self-quarantine and all that. Because that's the only treatment you can really do. But what my mom was saying, and she's had this theory since March when all this started, is that what do we really attribute this to? You know, because there's, there's going to be all these people who have, you know, they're either asymptomatic or they mm -hmm. get a very serious reaction or they're just, you know, my mom's 65, my dad's 71. He's had chronic asthma his entire life. He's had a history of pneumonia. They're fine. But yeah. then there's other people who are, you know, my age and younger who have these very serious reactions. And it's, I don't, I don't have an answer. I'm just saying that maybe shutting down the world is not the best reaction to this. Pretty, mu pretty much no. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, look, we're humans. We've been doing this shit for thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of years, and we're all right. We're, yeah, we're and I, th I think there's a lot to be said for gaining herd immunity. And, uh, yes. and, I'm, I'm, and I'm sorry to say for those people who do get well, sick. I, they, it, it, well, it, it, yeah. But, but, you know, there's, you know, the, the herd will be called. Exactly. And, and that's why, like, I, and, you know, I, I talk, I got, a, I caught a ton of flack from the shit on Twitter by saying, you know, if anyone, if anyone should have died, it was my dad. And I said that word for word because I, I remember. It. Yeah, I meant it. And I got, oh my God, you're a bad human being. I'm like, no, my father is the epitome of a pre existing condition. He's all the risk groups. Exactly. 71, multiple heart attacks, asthma since the day he was born and almost died as a two year old. History of pneumonia, and guess what? The, you know, the common denominator for him being a survivor is the fact that he's just too fucking stubborn to die. It's yeah. probably what it is. But he's, he's fine, you know? Yeah. He, he was tired at the end of the day. He had, a, he had a cough, and yeah, it was like being sick. He gets that literally every quarter. That's not new. If, if, you, go, if, you, go into, if you go into the whole thing with the psychology of, oh, my God, I'm sick. I'm going to, you know, I'm never going to recover. Well, you know, mental health and positive attitude is a, a big part of that. But, and my mom is, my mom has always been huge on that with us as a 65 year old, you know, who's been a nurse since 1976. Look, you, you will, you will, you will suffer what you believe you will suffer as far right. as we were always told. And I believe, I, I really believe it. Your, your mental makeup will define how you respond to anything. Exactly. Sickness or it's, it's, you know, you going through some shit as a personal life or what, whatever it is, whatever you think is going to happen to you probably will. Self-fulfilling prophecies. Yeah. Um, Ron, honestly, like I said, man, I, I would love to, I don't, again, I, I put this out. I'm not trying to replace anybody. I'm not trying to <laughs> do anything that wasn't already done. Um, but I would like to get more of now that we've established who you are, I feel like you have a great, insight and can react in a in a very unique way that most people can't based on just life experience and things you've you've gone through um 
There was one last question I have for you, if you got a few minutes for it. Sure. Go ahead. What the fuck do you think is going to happen in November? I think the post office will lose all the mail-in ballots <laughs> because they can't deliver shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I could give you the simple answer, but it, you know, I, I, I can't. You know, you might be right. I, I'm just wait, I'm just waiting for the for the one of the three debates when when Biden gets gets out there and and starts wandering aimlessly about the stage. And with and his shirt tail untucked and and <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you watch the guy. I mean, my my mom had dementia before she passed, and yeah. or you know, and you know, you you, you know, I we think mock all, it, but it's very real. It's very real, and it, it's it's tragic to see. I mean, whatever you think of the guy's history and past and what all is it, it's just you know the way his his wife sort of handles him and pushes him, you know her ambitions to be the first lady, you know, these, these unknown handlers around him that are protecting him, feeding him lines. And he can't even read the freaking teleprompter properly. And so it's like, yeah, it, yeah, but this is the horse they picked in the, in, and to, to ride out of the barn. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I wish him luck, you know, and I love the way the, uh, the opposition keeps saying, you know, you know, this is it. Trump's over. It's done with. Look at him. He's he's disheartened. He's disheveled. He's ten points down in the polls. Blah blah. blah. I go. Yeah. You know, I. Are you going to believe me? Or are you going to believe your lying eyes? You know, type of thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. And but that's also when I come back to to Mr. Biden. It's like he still hasn't announced who his running mate is. And it's well, July. We're in July. And I think yeah. that's going to really decide it for him. And I hate to say it, but I don't well, think he's going to pick someone who's going to be a buying candidate. No, and, and you know, that's... Did, that might work in his favor because I feel like everyone's kind of voting based on that and not necessarily him. But I don't think there's any, there, you know, because that person, think about this, you know, you're going to be the nominee, the presidential nominee. Your first big okay. decision is who's going to be your running mate. Right. I mean, that sort of sets the tone for how you're approaching your, the way you're going to govern, you know, your vision for the future, your, you know, your administration, that sort of thing. I mean, you can go ba back and look at some of the selections that people had, had done. And you go like, well, that, I can see why they picked it for domestic political reasons, you know, regional balance, what all, but. Well, I definitely couldn't. And I don't think anybody what? could say why, why did Hillary pick Tim Kaine in 2016? Uh, and that came out of nowhere. Some, he's, some, some, Tim Kaine is not the brightest guy in the round. I mean, no, he was a. Yeah. But and then conversely, what did Trump do? He picked Mike Pence. He, he was actually a, the adult in the room. He's an exper ex experienced politician. Knows now, Washington. People may not agree with a lot of the shit he says, but he's a, he's a fucking adult, and he, he comes across and sounds like an adult. And he was a solid selection. So when you have, yeah. but you know, I mean, you go back to that, Ron, and and I feel bad because. I mean, I still talk about this with some of my friends who are in the political reporting world. And uh, I remember what Joe Biden did to Paul Ryan in that VB debate. Like that was, that was brutal. Like Paul Ryan, you know what, Ron, it, it, I hate to say this, but you know what it would be like is if someone came on and decided to moderate a, uh, a, an intelligence debate between you and I, 
I'm Paul Ryan and you would be Biden. And that's how that debate as a VP looked on TV. It was it, like Paul Ryan didn't look like he needed to be there. And Biden just looked like the seasoned pro. But that was also eight years ago when the man right. was really healthy. And he's not right. anymore. Well, if I get to be Biden, do I get little girls too? Oh, man. Well, sorry. Uh, edit, you edit that stuff out. You edit that shit out. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can. Okay, I will. I'll try. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a good way to end it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're all yeah. going to jail now for pedophilia. Yeah, I mean, you know, fuck it. Look, we're, we're throwing it up there. You know, I, I, I'm with you and I am in no – well, I've never been in fear of whoever the fuck's going to try and tear it down. It is what it is. We, we, we fight this fight together and we go forward. Right. Um, but no, honestly, man, I, I really appreciate everything you've done. And I, I really appreciate you giving me your time tonight where we're going on almost. Two <laughs> I am going to upload. I'm going to do the first part. I'll edit out that little spot where you froze and you were like, you froze too, crazy. dude. I know. So I'll edit that out. But then I'll throw this up as a second part. And I'll post them up as two different parts because sure. I mean, and I'll be happy to be your guest anytime you need me. Yeah, man. Like I really do appreciate it. And I would love to, I, I know we've established who you are, but I, I think we would get more benefit and value going forward, you know, trying to continue with this, you know, you just want, you just want live sarcastic comments instead of reading them on Twitter. I got really it. All the fuck I want Ron, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> without getting into our brother, Nick, we, I wanted to talk about, um, with him, I don't know what he's going to do with the podcast. You know, I know yeah. uh, hopefully he keeps it up. I mean, it's still there, but you know, without him doing his thing, he's, he's talked about coming on with me and I would love that. But going forward, I, I want to get actual ongoing discussion. I don't want this to be the only time anybody sees you because I think you, you bring a huge value and I think people can learn a lot from you and your experience. And Thank you. Primarily what I want, and I, I want the fucking idiots who unfortunately are way younger than us who think they've got the world figured out because I was one of them at one time, and I want them to actually learn from someone who's lived in it, experienced it, worked in it, and operated in it to kind of show you that, hey, let's think about what the fuck we're doing here. And that's where I think you come in. So Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Cool. There'll be a test tomorrow. Study. I, I sure hope so. I got a few. Uh, look, I wrote. I wrote some notes down on your bio. I'm going to send that out. We'll get a few. Uh, we'll get a Google Doc test going up. Maybe multiple choice. But if you guys don't know where Ron entered uh, Air Force Meps at, I remember. Hopefully you do, because that's going to be the first fucking question. Ron, I appreciate you, man. <laughs> uh, I love you, brother. I hope to see, see you, bro. Thanks, man.